When Jesus uh, walked the earth for 33 years, he faced a huge amount of hardship, disappointment, pain, betrayal, suffering, difficulty. And do you wonder why it had to be that way? Why did the master plan of salvation have to be so, so difficult, so much struggle? You know, why a cross? Why a crucifixion? Couldn't it have been an easier way? Well, I can't answer that question. But what I can say to you that after 30 years of, over 30 years of doing my best to live for God, I found that struggle is a part of the package deal of living for God. It comes with the territory. I think you'll agree with me that you never hear anyone say, wow, living for God is, is man, it's just so easy. It's a walk in the park. There's no struggles. There's no problems. It's, you know, come and, come and join us. All your troubles will be over. I've never heard anyone say that. In fact, I've heard the opposite many times. And uh, we just got to remember that the people in the world also have struggles. Sometimes we feel as Christians we're picked on, but they have troubles as well. Job 5 verse 7, man is born to trouble as sparks fly upwards. So there's another chapter in Job that says, you know, a man is born and is full of troubles in a very short time. It's a part of life on this broken planet in which we live. When I started out and became a Christian living for God, no one came over to me and said, Natak, we need to sit down and have a good talk here. Let me explain to you what this journey is going to look like. It's going to be really hard. You're going to struggle. You're going to hurt. There's going to be pain. There's going to be battles. And, and uh, nobody told me that. And I, I think I thank God no one did because I might have thought, uh, I think I'll leave this. And maybe is there another, another journey I can go on? It's amazing that I find that, you know, one of the major causes of disappointment in our lives is wrong expectations. And we can have a wrong expectation of what Christianity should look like. And then we get upset when it doesn't deliver on our expectations. But friends, we've got to base our expectations not on what we think it should look like, but what the Bible actually teaches about it and what Jesus actually said the journey was going to be like. Is that fair enough? Yeah. Let's get the truth from the Bible. So I'm amazed at how honest Jesus is in terms of the journey we're all going to be facing that we are in and what we are facing. And uh, turn with me to Acts chapter 9, 15 and 16. And while you're doing that, can I just say to you that, you know, for all of us, we have struggled. Right now, I'm facing struggles. You know, fighting dark forces of the enemy that are trying to derail my life. And no one is exempt from these struggles. You know, I might smile on the outside, but I'm not always smiling, believe you, on the inside. And uh, anyway, let's go to how, how it was going to be for Paul. So Jesus makes it real clear. Uh, 9 verse 15, but the Lord said to him, go, for he is a chosen vessel of mine. He probably thought, wow, that's going to be good to hear. Bear my name before Gentiles and kings and the children of Israel. Awesome. Thank you, Jesus, for the call. And then verse 16, for I will show him how many things he must suffer. What? Suffer? Is that in your Bible as well? 
suffer for my name's sake. Jesus laid all the cards on the table. There was no trickery here. He didn't sort of bluff Paul into pursuing the call of God. He said, no, no, let's make it real clear, Paul. This is what it's like. You're probably sitting there thinking, thank God I'm not Paul. Before you get too excited, Jesus says the same to all of us. Let's go to Mark, verse 8, 34 and 35. Whoever desires, desires to come after me, whoever, all right, to come after me, it says, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me like, what? <laughs> Hold on a minute, Jesus. No, no, no. no. Can, can, can you give that to me again? Did you say, if I want to follow you, I've got to deny myself? Take up my cross daily? Jesus, I've seen a few crosses. And I, I'm, not, I'm not part of it. Are you, are you for real? He is for real. He doesn't stop there. He says, for whoever desires to save his life will lose it. And whoever loses his life for my sake and the gospels will save it. Now, before you get totally depressed and think, man, I should have stayed home today. Even though following God comes with struggles, it is still the most exciting, rewarding, fulfilling, and satisfying life on planet Earth. Nothing comes close to living for Jesus. It is amazing. You know, the Bible once again proves itself to be true. If you lose your life for God, you find it. If you die to self, you actually begin to truly live. It's incredible but true. The Bible works in opposites. You lose to gain. You die to live. You give to receive. You sow to reap. It just all happens in opposites. Some people never get that revelation. But the day you get it, you come alive. And you find life despite all the struggles, you find your life, and you find life itself. Now, there's a popular cult around that's even crept into churches. It's called the cult of the easy life, the cult of the easy life. Now, I'm all for the easy life. How many of you are with me? I want an easy life. Four of us. Rest of you, you have the hard life. All right, it's over to you. Please take some of mine as well. But I'm all for the easy life. And we see this in get-rich-quick schemes. You know, like, win the lotto, avoid all the hard work, retire, and just have a great life. I think it would be pretty boring, to be honest. But, you know, the easy life. And we see it more and more with creature comforts. I have a lazy boy and a remote control and a wife. I don't have to move. I'm still waiting for the peeled grapes, which I've ordered for many years, have not arrived. It's a great struggle that I face in my life, trying not to get bitter. If we want an easy life, then can I suggest that in following Jesus and serving Him, it's not going to provide that. Jesus never, well, Jesus didn't live an easy life Himself, and He never promised that to us his followers. In fact, he said, in the world, you will have trouble, tribulation. And understanding this gives us strength. See, the Bible says understand. When you understand struggles, when you understand it's part of the package deal, when you understand this is the way Jesus kind of said it would be, it really gives you strength because you're not sort of shattered like thinking, what on earth is, how, how did this ever happen? 
If we don't understand this, we will get bitter and twisted and angry and resentful and unforgiving. And we may well even leave living for Jesus and walk away from God. But if we understand this, we are ready. We are armed and dangerous. <laughs> and we can handle the battle because we think, yep, I know I'm going through it, but there it is right there in the Word of God. Jesus told me it's going to be like this. And it's so important to, to have that insight, I think, into the difficulties that we do face. However, it does require surrender, which fits with the theme for this year. How many of you have found that surrender helps you, sorry, struggle helps you to surrender more to God? You know, when you're battling out for God, God, Jesus, I need you. You know, when there's no struggles, Jesus, every, every year I need you. But when you're struggling, Jesus, every day I need you. Every moment I need you. God, I need you right now. Help. And it, what it brings you to a place of great surrender. And then you get closer to God. And that's one of the greatest rewards of all. That in itself would just make it worth it. Now, it may surprise you there's two areas where we're going to experience struggles. The first one is from the world. When I got saved, uh, one person made it really tough for me. Terrible time. Persecuted me. You know, really, really hard. And it was just awful trying to live my Christian life with this kind of attack coming. <clears throat> Decades later, that person gave their life to Christ, which was great. But most people in the world are not eager for the truth. And so don't be surprised it's tough to be Christian in a, in a hostile, anti-God world. I mean, what would we expect? It's just going to be like that in the world. And uh, telling people that Jesus is hard work. But what may surprise you is that it's also tough being a Christian inside the church. Mm. Missionaries will tell you that their greatest struggles, for many of them, are actually not with the heathen, but relationships with other missionaries. So some of our deepest grief will come not from the world, but from the church. People will betray you, hurt you, let you down. Some will criticize you. That will make it very, very painful especially when it comes from people you trusted. People would, you were depending on will leave you. You know, some say, who needs the devil when you've got a church to make a mess of everything? <laughs> a wise man of God once said to me many years ago that I've never forgotten. I need to remember it more often. And he said to me, uh, always make abundant allowance for areas in the lives, areas of sin in the lives of Christians that God has not yet dealt with. Do you know there's no one here, we're all Christians, but we're not Christ. So we all have flaws, we all have weaknesses, and so, you know, we're going to cause problems, we're going to do things that we shouldn't do. There'll be times when you don't have the self-control you, you, that you should have. There's going to be times when you're criticized when you shouldn't. You're going to do things that you shouldn't do, and you're going to do it to other Christians. But we're, that, we're all in this together, folks. You know, we're saved, but we're not fully redeemed in the sense of we're not Christ-like, and so we will make mistakes. Pastors will make mistakes. They'll do things they shouldn't do. But you need to just say, well, hey, what do I expect? When we have wrong expectations, when you think, oh, he could, how could he ever do that? Well, easily. Sin nature is in all of us until we become like Jesus. And that's a little way away, unfortunately. So even though serving God has struggles, it doesn't mean you won't have joy. See, joy is an inside job. You can have joy on the inside. If you, if you want joy from circumstances, you're going to wait for all your circumstances to come right before you're happy and joyful. You're going to be waiting a long time. Joy is out of relationship with God. You can still have that joy. You can still have victory. You can still enjoy blessings. God is a way of blessing us that make our struggles all worth it. Isn't that amazing? It makes it all worth it. 
God's so cunning. He causes us untold grief and struggle and battle, and then somehow he makes it worth it. We say, oh, Jesus, thank you. Love you so much. And I'm thinking, why am I thanking God for all this stuff? But he just has a way of making it. And we tell people how good it is to serve God, forgetting all these battles that we're going through. You know, because despite all the struggles and battles I've faced and am facing, I'm more fulfilled today than I've ever been. I'm more happy today, and I have more peace than I've ever had in my life. Because that comes not from circumstances. That comes from a relationship with Jesus, which we can all have every single day. Now, serving God is a fantastic life if you're all in and sold out. What I'm saying only works if you're fully sold out for Jesus. If you have a lukewarm, casual kind of Christian life, then this kind of thing doesn't really work. Uh, Christianity doesn't become the most exciting, satisfying, fulfilling thing because it's almost like you've got to die to self. You've got to lose self. That's all in, and then you find it. Then you begin to really live and enjoy your walk with God. With the incarnation, never forget that God became man through Jesus. And through Jesus, he experienced a full range of suffering on the earth. Whatever you've been through, he experienced it in some form. Do you know he's called a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief? Wow, what a title. He suffered so much. Don't ever think he's insensitive to your needs. Don't ever think he doesn't know what it feels like for the shoes that you're walking in today. He's been there, if you like, and he weeps when you weep, and he understands if you've got kids who are run away from God, think of God himself. His, how many of his kids have rebelled against him and are far from him and just not interested in him at all? And he created them. So we need to be sure that we preach the whole truth. Not just come to Jesus and your troubles are over. Your, your life's going to be a smooth road to heaven because it won't. The Christian life has mountaintops and valleys. And we need to share both. If we ever give a testimony, something like that. Make sure we share the mountaintops, the blessings, the victory, success, but also the valleys. And where we made our mistakes, where we got it wrong, where God didn't come through, where that prayer wasn't answered. So we give people an honest picture of what Christianity is really like. And that's going to help people a whole lot. People don't, have you ever noticed that people enjoy uh, suffering testimonies far more than they enjoy victory testimonies? Because they just think, oh, wow, I can understand that one. That, help one, that helps me a whole lot more. And you know, even for some people, you know, the, you face these difficulties. I think finding God in the midst of them is, is so, so important. You know, if we're honest, our, really honest, I think our testimony is that we have had plenty of troubles since we were saved, and maybe more troubles since we were saved. And you think, well, why would that be? Why would you have more trouble? Well, you've just entered a war zone. You're now fighting against the powers of darkness to win lost people and live a godly life for Jesus. While you weren't a Christian, you were out there. You are no threat to the enemy. He didn't really care about you, but you just jumped camp. And now you're a, you're, you're a target of the enemy. He doesn't like you. He doesn't like the things that you're trying to do. You're trying to take people from his kingdom in, into the kingdom of God. And so you are a target. He goes around like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. So that's why when we become Christians, we actually have more battles and more struggles because we're in this war zone. But at the end of the day... It's a war worth fighting. It's a war worth overcoming. It's a war, war worth dying for. Mm. 
Many of Paul's struggles were physical. It was often worn out. 2 Corinthians 6, 4 to 5. Tribulations, distresses, stripes, imprisonments, sleeplessness. Bible scholars say that Paul was not strong physically. Say he was a little man. He was bald. Don't know what that's got to do with anything, but it is what it is. If you're in that category, hey, you're with Paul. And he's one of the greatest apostles of all time, so it's a good thing. Uh, but he had, the, he had all these things, and yet he committed himself to endurance. And we all need to do that, commit ourselves to endurance, pushing through the barriers and the obstacles. They say that one of the greatest keys to success in any venture is perseverance, the ability to hang in there, to not back off, to not quit, to not give away. It's more important than intelligence, than charisma, than good looks, than brilliance. Training is more important. All of that is the ability to endure through all the obstacles, through all the battles, through all the difficulties, and you come out on the other side in victory. You have to outlast your struggles. You have to outlast your opposition, if you like. And if your roots are securely fixed in Jesus, you will outlast every storm. Every storm, you will outlast it. Because every storm runs out of rain. Sooner or later, it's running out of rain. Just make sure you don't run out of endurance before the storm runs out of its rain. Deuteronomy 33, 25, as your day, so shall your strength be. What a great promise. Claim it. Grab it. God can give you strength no matter how difficult your challenge or your battle. There is strength for the stretch. Paul didn't say, I've done my bit. It's been tough. It's time for younger men. He could have retired early. He didn't. He finished his course. He went all the way to the end. Tell the person next to you, finish your course. Yeah. Finish your course. Come on, make sure. Don't quit. Don't give up. Go all the way. Never retire. Refire. Recharge. Go harder. Go further. Go longer. Never give up. Endurance. Paul had it, and we can all have it by God's grace. So let's look at how we can gain the most from struggles. As Christians, we have two advantages, massive over unbelievers. First is this. We can find God's grace and power to strengthen us through any struggle, no matter how hard it is, no difficult it is, how much of a battle it is, God can give you strength through any struggle that you go through. He's equal. He is God, remember? And He's in you. He can strengthen you no matter what it is. And I'm not minimizing your struggle. I'm maximizing the greatness of the God that we serve. He's up for it. Just reach out to Him. It may mean more surrender, but He is up for it. But secondly, God can redeem our struggles and work them for massive good in our lives. He can redeem what you're going. He can make something good out of it. Isaiah 45, verse 3. I'll give you the treasures of darkness and hidden riches of secret places. There's something in the struggle that can bring out incredibly positive results in our lives that can be achieved in no other way. There are treasures in darkness. There's treasure to be found in your struggle. Great treasure. Wonderful treasure. Treasure that makes the struggle worth it, dare I say. So let's look at some of them. There's plenty more that you could come up with. But first one, the struggle can, can press you into your destiny. Psalm 66 verse 12 is just great. Listen to this. You've caused men to ride over our heads. We went through fire and water. Is that you? Just, you're in the fire? People are walking over you? The devil's walking over you, you feel? Then it says, but you brought us out to rich fulfillment. 
Wow. Rich fulfillment. We see the struggle. We see the fire. We see the storm. We see the battle. But God says, yeah, but hey, I'm going to use it. And I'm going to bring you to rich fulfillment. Press you into your destiny. David had Goliath. Seemed an insurmountable giant. No one wanted to fight. But as a result of it, moves David towards his destiny of becoming king. God used Goliath. Moses had the struggle with Pharaoh, who hardened his heart and over and over again made life difficult for Pharaoh. And Pharaoh had to battle through all the resistance. So, you know, Moses had to fight through all the resistance of, of Pharaoh, but eventually it pushed him into his destiny with God. And think about Esther, an evil Haman wanting to just annihilate the God's people, the Israelites. But if it wasn't for a Haman, Esther would never have fulfilled her calling to be the deliverer and rescue a nation from annihilation. So God uses all these things in, in people's lives. And you know, for some of you, especially young people, you may have had a broken relationship. And it's a struggle and it's a battle, but God can use it to press you into your destiny, to what He's actually got for you. God knows best. And I think many of us can witness to that truth. Bill Wilson was 14 years old, sitting at the roadside. And his mother said, hey, wait here, I'll be back. He waited three days, she never turned up. You can only imagine the pain, the rejection, the, the suffering that he went through because of that. But today he leads a huge ministry, reaching thousands of kids every week. And uh, struggle pressed him into his destiny to reach these kids. Without that suffering, he probably would have never had that kind of a heart for children. God used it in an incredible way. And see, you know, struggle brings us to greater strength. We need God. When you find purpose beyond your pain, it's a key to healing. Find purpose. You find a reason. You know, you look at the struggle, the battle, but there's a purpose. There's a treasure. When you find that, it's a key to healing and moving forward in God. My dad, one of the great struggles I faced many years ago is when my dad went to a doctor, was diagnosed with a terminal condition, given three weeks to live. It was a huge struggle. We prayed, we fasted, we cried out to God, we sought Him. But that pressed me into my destiny, my destiny of reaching lost people with the gospel of Jesus Christ. Something happened during those weeks of struggle when we were crying out to God. We learned to pray, we learned to fast, and it gave us a passion for lost people that no one is beyond the reach of the gospel of Jesus Christ. God used that struggle to press me into my destiny. And we've seen over the years, Tens of thousands, you know, thousands and thousands of people saved through the ministries of Church Unlimited, which is just so exciting. You know, in all of this, in these, the whole thing of struggles, you've got to be an optimist, not a pessimist. Got to be an optimist, always thinking, hoping for the best. With this man who had two sons, one was an optimist, one was a pessimist. So they dumped a truckload of toys into the room of the, of the pessimist. You know, that would surely cheer him up. And they challenged the, the pessimist, and they gave him a truckload of manure in his room. Pretty nasty thing to do. Anyway, the, the, the pessimist is crying, and they ask, what's wrong? And he said, I don't know which toy to play with. That's a pessimist for you, isn't it? But the optimist, he's, he's smiling away. He's digging in the manure, and he's digging, and he's digging. They said, what are you doing? He says, there's got to be a horse in here somewhere. <laughs> keep digging. Keep digging. Whatever you're going through, keep digging. Keep digging. There's a treasure there somewhere. There's something good that God can bring out of it, but you've got to keep digging. 
Don't give up. If God says there's a treasure in darkness, there is a treasure in darkness. He will, he's not a man that he would lie. And what he says is true. So we just got to keep digging until the day comes when we find that wonderful treasure that he has for us. Now, struggle can also lead to a new direction. Joseph, think about him. He's betrayed, isn't he, by his brothers. He's left to die in a pit. Then he's time in prison. I mean, it's all going south. Everything is going wrong. You may feel that way today. But God, through these adversities and struggles, he got Joseph from Israel to Egypt, where he would become, as it were, the prime minister of that nation. But it took struggle to put him in a new direction and to get Joseph where God wanted him to be. A new direction came through struggle. For Adrian and I, when we went to the Philippines for three years, my dream was always to be a missionary on the field. But it was a, it was a struggle out there. So when we came back to New Zealand, Philo, we were offered a, uh, the job to be associate pastor at New Zealand's largest church there. If the Philippines had been just a sweet ride and massive fruitfulness and effectiveness and success on every front and no trials, I would suggest we may well have turned down the offer to pastor in New Zealand, would have gone back to the mission field, may even be out there still today. But because of the struggle... God, we changed our direction, and we took up pastor and end up now doing what I am doing here today in Church Unlimited and having greater impact than we ever would have had if we were missionaries on the foreign field, not to, to, to minimize what they do, but for us it was greater fulfillment and greater impact, but it took that struggle, ultimately, I think, to redirect us to where God wanted us to actually be. Now, struggle can develop Christian character in you and essential, and essential qualities for greater success. Think about this. If nothing else, struggles can make us more like Jesus. Thank you for the excited response on that point. It can develop, <laughs> it can develop patience, long-suffering, love, kindness, and many, many other things. And so don't minimize the treasure of character. I've read that some people who understand Judgment Day, when you stand before God, He hands out His rewards. One of the biggest allocation will be based on your character and not on just what you do for God. So God working character in your life is massive. It is a treasure of darkness, and that may be the only treasure you get. Sorry. But it's probably, well, it's worth it because it gives you great eternal rewards. They did a survey of 413 great achievers. Two researchers spent years looking for common factors that made them successful. They discovered that almost most of them, 392, that's 95%, had to overcome great obstacles along the way. Think about that. Great achievers, great obstacles. Because the obstacles did something in their lives that were needed for them to have greater effectiveness and greater success in their lives. You know, the caterpillar has a yearning inside it to fly. And we all have yearnings inside us to fly for something else, for something more. I have it, you have it, we all have it. But in order for it to fly... It has to go into a cocoon. In the cocoon, it kind of becomes very inactive. It's like, like nothing's happening. Its form of beauty, they say, is stripped away. 
Not a nice place. But inside the cocoon, a miracle is taking place, a transformation. What emerges is truly amazing, something that can fly. Never could before. But through the cocoon, it can fly. It's a butterfly. But while in that, it's in that cocoon, there's this great struggle to get out. It battles. It wants to get rid of the cocoon. God, deliver me, if it could talk, from this cocoon. It's so restrictive. It's so restraining. It's so difficult. I don't, God, I don't like it. So this boy watching this butterfly-to-be, trying to get out of the cocoon, the struggle, with a razor, he cuts the edge and lets the, cocoon, the butterfly out of the cocoon early. But the problem is it can't fly because it needed the struggle to strengthen its wings, to be what God had destined it to be. God's preparing all of us to fly more than we do today. But struggle is needed to do an essential work in us so we can be more successful. There's qualities, you see, we need in our lives so we can go to the next level of God's blessing. Without those qualities, if God blesses us and we succeed, we'd probably ruin us. So God will never fast track the cocoon. Just won't do it. One thing you've got to come to terms with is God knows best. God knows best. And rest in his love, if you like. Finally, the last thought is this. Struggles qualify you. No, second to last. You discover things about yourself you never would otherwise without a struggle. I've found a lot about myself through struggles. I've discovered qualities, bad qualities that I, I don't like, like insecurities, fears, jealousy, lack of love. This goes on and on and on, by the way, but I'm not going to bore you with the details. Then there's been some good qualities like perseverance, faith, some areas, the ability to change. See, the real you comes out under pressure. Is that right? Sometimes what you discover is great. You're like a honeycomb, and out comes a sweetness. Fantastic. And people just think, oh, what a wonderful Christian you are. Other times, you get squeezed, and you're like a lemon. And out comes all the sour, awful stuff. How many honeycombs in Church Unlimited? Yeah, same as the first service, virtually none. How many, come on, let's be honest now, how many lemons? Yeah, a lot more lemons, a lot more lemons. The church of lemons. That's why I said you're going to have more trouble inside the church because it's full of lemons. They get squeezed and it's not nice. It may sound funny, but it's actually true. But also there's a lot of honey in a church, and I'd say more honey than lemon juice, I think. I trust, I hope, I pray, I believe, <laughs> I believe. God seems to value character more than our comfort. Hmm, it's not a good point, is it? I'll move on. But as you get to know yourself, you can work on weak areas, and that's important. Make sure you work on them. Make sure you let God deal with those areas because 
They need to change for me and for you to go to the next level. And we know we've got it weak areas, don't we? We all know that. Let's ask God to help us to change. Last point. Struggles qualify and equip you to help others. 2 Corinthians 1, 3 to 4. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies, the God of all comfort, who comforts us in all our tribulation, that we may be able to comfort those who are in any trouble with the comfort with which we ourselves are comforted by God. This could be the best result of your struggle. When you go through things, you're able to help other people a lot. This may be your greatest ministry. Isn't it true that people who have suffered the most seem to be the most able to help others who are suffering as well? They've been in their shoes. They know what pain feels like, what disappointment feels like, what betrayal, what hurt feels like. So they can actually help other people. Even though the devil sent struggle to take you out, God's going to use it to take you up. When you're up, you're going to be able to help others to get up. There's something in the struggle that you need to become what God has purposed for your life. You may not understand it, but God's ways are higher than your ways. High as the heavens are above the earth, so are God's ways higher than our ways. So often we'll not understand it at all. It makes no sense. Because we're not God. The infinite, the finite mind will never understand the infinite mind of God, the infinite ways of God. But you need it. Moses needed Pharaoh. David needed Goliath. Children of Israel needed giants. Joseph needed prison. And we need struggle. Because struggle is preparing you for a greater future. Here's the good news. Struggles don't last forever. Weeping may endure for a night. But joy comes in the morning. And it's my prayer. Your morning is coming real soon in Jesus' name. But in the meantime, as we wait for the morning, we can say and we can sing heartily, it is well, it is well, it is well with my soul. Come on, let's stand together.